0: aperture priority show number six camera bags
1: welcome to the aperture priority podcast an avila studios production where it's all about photography and fun now open up that aperture and let some creative light in
0: Hello and welcome uh, back to Aperture Priority, uh, show number six. And I have with me today, uh,
1: Joe Engelbrecht. Right. Thanks for letting me join you.
0: Yeah, it was, it was great. And I there's a reason I have you here. we got lots of things to kind of go over. It's kind of exciting uh, you know, information. And since you're a traveler, this fits perfectly in. But I kind of wanted to start today, as I usually do. I was, you know, again uh, uh, scouring the rumor sites. You right. know, I'm still my fingers <laughs> crossed. I, I was just wondering, did you come across
1: anything new? Uh, you know, it's funny that we had talked last uh, last show about some of the Nikon firmware updates, and uh, I was hoping they would roll one out for the 810, and lo and behold, they rolled one out for the 810 and the 610, and uh, they're they're retro df camera so there's some firmware updates for those and they add a little bit of uh capabilities the the 810 firmware update is basically uh, fixes a time zone issue and i'd I'd hope for more but yeah maybe next time next time
0: yeah now i did come across an interesting uh there's a guy on youtube i like to watch he's called the angry photographer oh yeah and uh And one of the things I I saw in one of his uh, uh, videos that uh, caught my eye and I had read the article on a different site. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about this new Nikon Z mount. Apparently it is going to be the Z mount. And, and, you know, it's one of those things, if Nikon does it, they're going to make people mad. And if they don't, another group is like, well, how come you didn't update your lens mount for these uh, right. potential fast lenses. And supposedly three lenses that that really caught my eye, I know they've made other patents and I'll get into another one soon. They have a 52 millimeter patent that was posted uh, 0.95 aperture, which apparently that's something that can be done with this new modern mount that mm. the F mount is not capable. Exactly of right. And then the other lens that caught my eye, I believe, it was a 32 F one point two, which mm-hmm. wow, that's a fast lens. And I think an eighty-five one point two. So I think that's kind of Nikon's thing, you know, and if we're gonna do it, let's let's go, you know, because for many years that's been the complaint that Nikon, you can't get these ultra fast lenses. And it's so funny now that people all they talk about is like, what does the bokeh look like, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we've kind of gotten to that uh, thing that people want to see what those round balls look like you exactly. know, in the background. So I, I kind of thought that was kind of neat. Uh, the other thing is I, apparently they're going to try to maybe get it out this year if they could get the sensors. Uh, so I'm wondering if they're going to have just one body or maybe a uh, more advanced body and one like an entry level. So I'm, I'm still crossing my fingers because uh, that's that's a camera system that intrigues me because of what I potentially want to do and I'm I I'm, meant I'm the crossroads is like d850 or even the d610 I mm-hmm. think is a nice one uh, for what I want to do for astral work
1: mm. well the uh, 800e was designed for that that's a nice choice too for astral work um, I own the 610 and the and the 810, and it's they're, they're both very decent cameras for that type of work. I, I know a lot of uh, photographers that do some amazing, amazing photographs of the Milky Way and that kind of thing.
0: Exactly, and and uh, even though last year I really got into it, but I found uh, trying to do it with the D700, you're dealing with a a, a mm. sensor that's mm. 10 years old that was not designed, oh, yeah. you know, for that uh, high ISO, you know, because you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere no light ideally and that sensor uh it's has to capture that and after a while you don't want to get this these funny artifacts in it yeah and even though i'd bring it in the light room and try to control the noise it's it to me when i looked at my friends who have a d5 and a d610 it's like yeah those guys have the proper gear mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what i want to Want to shoot for, but I thought that was an interesting rumor that really that really intrigued me. Uh, I know I don't want to be too Nikon bias, but I I'm really looking at the chops because I know uh, Sony's getting a lot of uh, hoopla, you know, and deserving things. The you know they deserve it because they really pushed uh, mirrorless, right? But an interesting thing that I've heard: their E mount initially was a crop sensor mount. They, they have made it work for a uh, full frame. But I'm wondering if this is where Nikon and or Canon can really say, okay, we saw how the market went, where it's going. Here's something from the ground up, you know, and maybe they could give them the some competition and competition is always good.
1: Exactly. the Going back to the astrophysics, uh, the photography there, the... The Sonys have put out some firmware updates because uh, of that infamous Star Eater uh, problem that <laughs> the Sony mirrorless were having. The, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the big three in in Nikon, Canon, and Sony working with the mirrorless area, how that's going to leapfrog each other. Because, you know, for so many years, it was a, it was a two-horse race. Mm-hmm. Nikon and Canon, they would... They would one would come out with a camera for a few years. That was the camera. Uh, Nikon's did a, done a very fine job of coming out with that, uh, the D850. And that is a, a dreamboat of a camera. Um, and Canon's right behind him. And then you have, and then Sony is coming out with uh, the, the mirrorless, which is changing the whole landscape of photography. A lot of our, our colleagues are have switched to the mirrorless format. And with some mixed results, you know, it's, it's not a... A panacea, it's not a silver bullet. And uh, I'm looking forward to see what Nikon has. They, they've they put out some patents, as you were talking to, and I think yeah. you were alluding to, and I, I was reading about a patent they put in Indonesia, of all places, of a, of a particular lens mount. I think it was a code name N-C-O-S, the Nicos or N-C-O-S uh, patent, and, and people are speculating that that would be the uh, full-frame mirrorless lens mount yeah and i hope and again i'm hoping to something soon because i'm
0: really kind of nipping i i want to move to a a a more modern sensor for the projects i i have that i'm pushing it back to maybe late september for for a show that i i I attend in november up in fresno Mm. so i'm waiting to see because one of the things I want to do is is a night photography shot. And uh, I do have some ideas on where I'm going to do it and everything. Mm-hmm. But I would I would love to see what, you know, Nikon does, you know, announce this. Right. Because the other system, believe it or not, that's, it's not Canon or Sony. I'm really, I, I don't know if you've seen uh, on Facebook, it's called the GFX, Fuji, Fujifilm mm-hmm. GFX user group
1: right and god those images are gorgeous there's some amazing work being done right now and it's a it's a great time to be in the photographic industry in the business because uh, the technology has hit it full speed and there's changes and it's exciting and cutting edge and it's a great time to be in the business it is
0: and and let's go to today's show's topic is uh, camera bags and that's another uh Believe it or not, it may be overlooked, but uh, the designs of these bags have changed mm-hmm. and, and, and it's good to see mm-hmm. more competition changes, you know, uh, uh, pushes the envelope for all these uh, different uh, camera bag manufacturers.
1: You know, that, that's true. It, the technologies hit all these different parts of the of the industry and camera bags is no exception. Uh, just Looking backwards to last week's show, though, it was interesting that some of the the feedback we were getting about picking one lens to travel with, and I was thinking, you know, is it possible to pick one bag to travel with? Uh, We we, we sparked quite an argument or quite a debate (laughs) about what that lens should be. And it was really rather humorous that most of the people, most of the colleagues and other people that were giving us feedback in the mailbag there, they were saying things like, well, you know, I would take X and Y. They could not settle on one lens. So travel bags is somewhat similar. And, you know, in in a nutshell, there's three kinds of bags out there. Basically, you have the the messenger bag, the one you sling over your shoulder, uh, the backpack, and then you have a sort of a hybrid sling bag, Mm -hmm. which is uh, the newcomer to the group. And so depending on your style of travel or uh, what you want to or how you want to shoot when you arrive at your destination really dictates the kind of bag that you're going to be using. I, I love the messenger bag myself. In fact, I have a, I have a uh, think tank messenger bag that I have used, uh, and traveled with all over the world. And for what I do, it, it's perfect. So it's really, really is really good uh, for a number of things. So I'm just going to go through those real quick. Some of the pros and cons of the bags. Sure, sure. Uh, It's funny you mention that. Right now, I'm looking
0: to upgrade my bags. Uh, I have used Tamarack bags almost religiously since the early 90s. And I still have them. They're great bags. But if I were to take every lens and camera out of those bags (laughs) and just put the bag on. Right. It's a heavy bag. Yeah, it's a heavy bag, right. and I've been noticing that because even friends that go with me on photo shoots when they pick up my bags, they're like, "Wow, what, you know, this thing's heavy." Right, and, it, it and, is. Right, and uh, and then uh, you know, I'm gonna want one that I can put a little tripod on, and then the, my current bag, I can do that, but it, some of the ex- excursions I go to, it's it's weighing down on me, so. Mm-hmm. I kind of narrowed down. I've, I've been doing a lot of research and the sad thing is I want to get back to t- Tamarack. I didn't see their name pop up anywhere. Mm. So for t- doing research for today's show, I Googled Tamarack and there it was, I, you know, so they're still around. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. You know, but the, I'm I'm kind of narrowed down to three. One is the low pro, uh, uh, the pro tactic 450 AW. Mm-hmm. And then another uh, company that's new out there, uh, Mindshift Gear. Right. It's the Rotation 180 Horizon right. 34L. The only the only thing I would say, can they shorten the names, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then uh, of all, Manfrotto, the pro camera bag Bumblebee mm-hmm. 230. They're all in the same price range, anywhere from uh, $250 to about $280. Okay. They can hold two cameras, right. about three to four lenses, you know, a flash and everything. And the AW stands for kind of like, it's, you, you got to be careful. It's kind of all weather, but, you know, it's not truly waterproof, you know. Right. Now, they right. do make a water Low Pro, does that I looked at first. It's called the Dry Zone 200. And if you go to the website, you can see what you can do with it. It's like $360. I don't know if I want to be walking across a river, you know, a <laughs> little half submerged with my camera gear. Even though they say uh, I, that would it's, make, yeah. it's it's gonna it's gonna do it. The other thing I'd really don't like about it, and I used to be a scuba diver at one time, because of all things I want to do underwater photography. And at the time I got certified, all your snorkels and gear. You would get would come in these, and, and this is back to the mid nineties. They would come in these basic four colors at the time. You had hot pink, so if you were the female, I, they they did uh-huh. hot pink. They did neon green, then they did uh, a kind of an electric blue, and then this the, the obnoxious yellow. Uh. And so this uh, dry zone bag, it's yellow and black, and I just don't care for the color. Mm. I, I know it's 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 they. There's probably a reason why they do it, but now I start thinking if I'm walking somewhere with a yellow and black bag, that to me just it targets you.
1: It's, Might as well have a bullseye on your I back. Put yeah. the
0: bullseye on right. exactly. So I kind of thought, okay, I'm by the water a lot of times. I never, I would never get into the water with my backpack, so that may be a little too much. Right. Where the three bags I'm looking at, it's nice. It's got the, that little thing thingy you pull back and it covers your bag right little bag
1: cover right so breaking that down then into three three categories um uh, when would you choose a, a messenger bag or a backpack or even the sling bag and so I, I i was i i own all three of them and they're they're here in the studio with me and i was thinking about when i use each of those bags they each have a function or a particular advantage so i was thinking about all the pros and cons so the messenger bag the one, the one that uh, I really like that the think tank retrospective 30 is what I carry. Man, that, that thing just holds a ton of gear. I have literally taken that bag to, uh, Mexico and Guatemala. And I've had a, a D810 in there, a Nikon. I've had the 2470 lens. I've had the 7200 lens and the 200 to 500 lens stuffed in that bag, along with the battery charger, extra batteries, SD cards compact and a 17 inch laptop with an external passbook hard drive all in one bag that slips under the seat of the aircraft so it's a carry-on never leaves my sight and now you're going to say that's heavy yeah you're right it is but the messenger bag really the is meant for short haul short hikes urban it does it does not scream uh, hey, here, here's a photographer with a bunch of expensive gear passing by. Exactly. Because it's very nondescript. Uh, and the thing I love about the messenger bags is you can just instantly, uh, swing it around to your stomach and, un- and pull anything out of it that you need. So access is really great. And when you're traveling in a, a subway or a taxi or any kind of car or vehicle, that thing will just flip right around easy onto your lap. It's, it's easy to get around in an urban environment. And so it is heavy, you know, I carry it with a shoulder strap. So if you have trouble carrying things on your shoulder and this probably isn't going to work for you, uh, you know, if I had to go on a long hike, especially up in the mountains or something, and I had no way to set it down and rest myself, I probably would pick the backpack, which that's really the pro of the, of the backpack. It's, it's really, the backpack is great for carrying a lot of gear on an extended hike. Uh, and it can carry oodles of stuff, just like the messenger bag. And, uh, you can get away with them. A lot of these backpacks have a way to carry a tripod, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really hard to do with a, a messenger bag. You, you usually have to carry it some other way. I've seen people that have built slings for their tripods, like a, like a quiver on a, for a bow and slip it over their shoulders. That's fine. Uh, backpacks though, uh, they generally have that bullseye target. If you're concerned about that. Uh, and it's stuck on your back, so it's hard, you know, you got to take it off to get your camera out. If you're traveling in a vehicle or like, a, it, those are all the, the cons, you know. And they're not as convenient in urban settings. The sling bag, though, know, is supposed to be the best of both worlds, and it's true, you can flip that thing around your front. Yeah. The drawback, though, is they're all small by design because if you have to get that thing around from your back to your front, it can't be a gigantic bag. So they're limited. You couldn't possibly stuff all that gear that I just mentioned into a do a sling bag. So if I had to pick just one, you know, and that's the rule of the game, then I guess (laughs) I would do the messenger bag. Because I, you know, uh one more thing about backpacks, and this is true. If if you're over if you're six foot tall or taller, I, I have found it difficult, and I'm a tall guy. I find it difficult to find a backpack. A camera backpack that fits me properly because for some reason they seem to aim that uh, those straps at about five foot nine, five foot ten, five foot eleven, and 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 they really don't fit me that well. So that's a problem that I have personally with the backpacks. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I uh, I remember the best
0: fitting backpack I've tried. It's my old Tamra thing. It's huge, but it supports my lower back. Mm-hmm. And the other one, it doesn't, it's there, but it doesn't really have the support. And then if I put the straps, and I'm not a broad chested guy, it just squishes in me like this and I digest them all the way. And, you know, and at the time for how they were designed, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little nitpicky. But it was interesting you saying that thing about the slink. is this, uh, and I don't know much about it, but the, uh, they had a neat sight, the mind shift uh, gear rotation. Mm, yeah. There's a part of the that that you kind of unstrap and the backpack's thin there but the other part slings across right and that looks neat uh, it's it's just the, the the thing that I would love to do is and I may do this this summer I may just drive down to Santa Barbara and go down to Sammy's and actually try before you know and mm-hmm. I would just buy it there right. Because I look at all these you know, videos on their site and I've done search on uh, the internet and they'll say, 2018, these are the 10 best camera bags to get. Mm-hmm. I would rather try it for myself because not everybody's the same build. That's true.
1: And that is a, a new, ex- an exciting design feature of the uh, Mindshift Rotation 180, Panorama, and uh, Pro. And they're on my top list, too. Uh, so I, I broke my choices into six. I couldn't. So for $200 or less and $200 or more. exactly. So for the, the Think Tank uh, Retrospective 30, that goes for about 195 bucks. It's a real workhorse. It's got you know the dividable tabs and everything. And, and, and as I mentioned, you can put everything in there but the kitchen sink. For a backpack, I happen to own a, a Lowepro Pro Trekker. 450 aw and you can stick a laptop in there and, and again if you're not carrying a laptop uh, you know these there's probably a uh, they're a slimmer version of these same backpacks that's about 175 and then uh, there's a the mindset rotation 180 panoramic uh 22l and that's a right at 199 and and i've i've seen the reviews and i'm excited about trying that But if you got a little more uh, money to burn and and you want some more features and it's really easy to fall in love with the, uh, the Donkey M Metro RB messenger bag, that is a cool looking messenger bag. And if I had an extra 380 bucks laying around, I would uh, (laughs) go buy that because I love the rugged style and the capacity and everything about that. Now, here's a new one though. There's a backpack out there. And I mentioned that a lot of the backpacks I'm choosing here, uh, have the ability to put a laptop in, but there's a new, a new backpack company that's uh, putting out a product this year. It's called the Vanguard Alta Sky 51D. And what makes this one a little more interesting is it's designed for your cameras and a drone. So if you're into drone photography, this is a, a serious consideration for you. The Vanguard Alta Sky 51D runs about 230 bucks or so. And then the, the top-of-the-line top the uh, MindShift Rotation 180 Pro, is around four hundred bucks. So for a sling bag, and um, the only thing I can see from the reviews and the and the photographs is that uh, it still looks like a backpack. Even if you sling that around the front, you're still. If you're concerned about safety, or if you're concerned about being a target, and that's a really big concern for you, even this sling bag probably would not suit you. The, the nondescript uh, messenger bags, which I have, I can tell you stories about. Uh, Chicken buses in Guatemala where there's 400 people on the bus and somehow they make room for one more. And I have that messenger bag on my, you know, strapped to my chest like this with people in every conceivable position around me squishing me in. And I could not even begin to do that with a backpack because I just couldn't carry it like that.
0: That's true. That that is and uh, safety is is one thing that I I think about too. But it's funny you mentioned that uh, Vanguard. I came across that same one, mm-hmm. and as soon as I saw a drone, I just kind of overlooked it, right? Because right now I am not interested in in um, in drones. Uh, and maybe for another show, I, I'll 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 uh, I'll say why, because I have found that. Uh, and I'll again, I'll leave it for another show. They can interfere with shots more if you're trying to do a shoot somewhere. And then all of a sudden you say, is that a little remote helicopter? Oh, it's a drone. Okay. I well, guess I have to Photoshop I,
1: out. I, I was in uh, Seattle uh, a couple months ago, or actually last year. It's been that. In July, I was at the Gasworks, which is a famous waterfront uh, park that has this old uh, gas company pipe. And it's really rusted and and it's industrial looking and it's a great backdrop there. And the Canadian geese were in there by the hundreds. And I'm trying to take a picture of the Canadian geese in the foreground with this rusted out gas, old gas plant in the back. And here comes this drone. Right. And it just hovered right there as if, as if the guy was trying to annoy me. And if he was, (laughs) he did a very good good job.
0: job. (laughs) Yeah. So. But I, I, I did, and I came out. I think another one I can't remember another brand I, I haven't heard of. It was, it was called K and F, and they uh, there's one on a video I saw where a guy literally just gets a big cup of water and just throws it on the bag, and it just repels it. I think that was the K and F one. And then I wanted to bring up uh, two more. A think Tank, you brought up another interesting camera. Uh, bag manufacturer was called peak designs. Mm. It seems like they're doing some interesting things. I think most of theirs were shoulder. I could be wrong. So you have all of this competition now, mm-hmm. which I, it, it, it's good because innovation, right. Pushing things. Right. But I, right now I'm looking for a backpack uh, cause I want to be going up to Northern California right now. I'm thinking maybe taking the Amtrak mm. uh, leaving here in the Valley and just going up there and going either to uh eureka or humboldt i think the train will it, they're close in vicinity i mm-hmm. believe so that's something i'm looking about because how i put goodies i put in my backpack i'll put a few lenses i'll make sure flash mm-hmm. will fit in there of course battery charger your cards and everything uh And believe it or not, I will put, uh, I will carry my little uh, tactical light. And I have what's called a, uh, it's a Nightcore EC20. My good friend, John uh, Mason, I'm going to give a shout out to him, uh, gave me some good advice on getting that. And what I like about having a tactical light with me, it has these little lens uh, uh, kits with it and I'll put on the red lens so Mm. when I'm doing night photography right you use the red so you're you're not blinded right exactly exactly yeah and why I like this tactical light over getting one of those headlamps Mm -hmm. I prefer it because you can uh, look around your surroundings because when you do night photography you have to be somewhere where there's zero light pollution usually to get your best results and you're out in the middle of nowhere where it's dark. So I prefer maybe being old school and having that tactical light because it's like a 920 lumens light, which it is bright. And I also use it sometimes to get creative and do my painting. Mm-hmm. I'll do what's called late light, light painting.
1: Right. I was uh, in the Treasure Island uh, in, the, in the Golden Gate area taking photographs of the new Bay Bridge at night. And there was a boat. In the harbor there, and I I could see it, but it it was moving and blurring really badly. So I, I was painting it with the flashlight so that I could get a, a still image of it. So that's a really great technique. And uh, believe me, even in urban environments, when you're at night, you want a little bit of a uh, tactical light yeah. because there's a uh, there's things that go bump in the night. Yes, and uh,
0: give you a little uh, story. Uh, before I bought it, uh, I was with uh, Brandon, a friend of mine, and this other gal. She was part of our photo group. I think her name was Lauren. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Yoko Valley er- area at one night, and the fog was starting to come in, but it, had, it disappeared. And we were out there. It was pitch dark, and we were doing these night scenes. I think I got one of the pictures on my Instagram where she's by the uh, this uh, sign that's got all these bullet holes in it. So that's another part why I got the tactical light. Uh, uh, we were doing these trick shots where she was walking and then we would uh, do a slow flash and you would get that movement at the mm-hmm. night. Right. Well, she freaked out. Something came too close to her. And out there, you'll hear packs of coyotes. They usually do not come near you. Right but if you're not used to hearing, you know, 3, 4 to 5 coyotes howl at night, you know, some people get a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, having that light with me, literally with that light, I could point something almost a quarter of a mile away. Yeah. So, it's pretty powerful. The other reason about the uh, the bullet holes on the sign, unfortunately, some of those more obscure places, you get some guys will go out there and they're having too much to drink and they got these high powered rifles and for some reason they love shooting uh fence posts to death Uh, they got something against fence posts (laughs) so the way i look at it, if i have a strong beam, i'm letting somebody know hey there's somebody there now hopefully they're not that drunk that they'll shoot at the light let's hope not not. but you know it's just letting people know hey i'm here please you know you know and that's another reason i take it so i kind of want a bag to take all that eventually i want to get a smaller tripod to hook on the thing But right now i got a monopod but if you're going to do night photography my current tripod works great it's even though it's an it was one of the early uh uh, manfrotto mag fiber ones kind of like their Mm. uh, carbon fiber yeah It's not much lighter than my old Manfrotto aluminum. right? So it is sturdy, but it is a little bit heavy. But I like how those smaller ones fit on the bag. You have everything there. Mm -hmm. I think on the other side, you could put a water bottle on these. And what's nice about the all weather, because some of the places I've been to, even though it's it's not a rainy day, but I've been at the coast, uh, like at Cambria, where you have a lot of trees and you're walking through there. It's almost like a little forest. Uh, the dew and, and all the wetness—it's you have these big drops falling on you when you're hiking, so it's it's nice to protect your gear.
1: Exactly, the uh, the Yoko Valley that you mentioned uh, for those of you that don't know is a uh, a rather local favorite of people in the uh, Visalia, Fresno, Bakers- Bakersfield area. It's a, a valley on the eastern uh, frontier of the Sierra Nevadas there, and it's a little valley. It's beautiful. And it's only a few minutes away, and I'll tell you what—something uh, that I've run into shooting night photography, especially in the summer, is uh, snakes. Oh yes, you know, and they aren't—they aren't. They aren't uh, sometimes they don't advertise their presence, and so it's always good to be able to see where you're walking. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always been told that they always bite the second guy through, so you're welcome to lead the way anytime, <laughs> Tony. <laughs>
0: it's funny you mentioned that uh earlier this year uh when things were green when uh everybody was telling me go up dry it was a dry dry creek yeah and i did and i found a great place and i was going lead and there was some trees, there was a tree and there was some uh foliage that fell Mm -hmm. and i'm going there and i'm hearing something muffled almost like a rattle under newspapers that makes sense Mm. i kind of stopped and uh, the lady I was with me she goes I heard that that can't be good and I said just turn around and we'll just go go back <laughs> so uh, yeah so it's
1: yeah I yeah. can see
0: that because uh, rattlesnakes kind of come low to that area
1: in, in... They're yeah there's a that's their that's their uh, neighborhood that's yeah. their that's where they yeah. hang and we're the intruder and at night when it's warm in the day they're out there prowling around looking for a, a mm-hmm. meal and got to be aware of it yeah. man photography takes you to some unusual places doesn't it it really does it really does and that's why having a kind of
0: a multi-purpose bag because i have found you you never know what you're going to run up against and, run uh, or run
1: <laughs> from yes
0: and, and again the tactical light it's you get 920 lumens flashed in your eyes, it, you're going to stop something for a while.
1: Right, right. Well, there's a, another bag that, it, speaking of innovation and competition, there's one more bag that I've, I've seen. I looked at it and it's basically a cross between a, a camera bag and a piece of luggage that has the, you know, the rollabout that you has the handle built into it. And but it's spe- specifically designed for photo gear, so instead of a suitcase, it's got all the departments and compartments. I mean, for for camera gear, I I kind of like that. Um, that might be something that uh, put that in your toolbox for travel. And if if uh, a particular type of travel would uh, lend itself to that style, that would be a great addition. And that's something I'm looking at right now. Um, the Low Pro comes out, has one called the Low Pro Pro. Roller, X200AW. You know, I think you and I need to go to work for these people because we can certainly come up with a better name, shorter names, (laughs) instead of 14 words and six uh, uh, numbers and what have you. That's true. That's kind of one thing I liked
0: when Steve Jobs came back to Apple. He says, you know, your product line is too (laughs) convoluted. Let's just have, okay, your Mac Pro an iMac and a low-end Mac Mini, period. Done. And these lines, you could have, here's your Pro line and your, like, I'd say Pro Summer. It could be Pro quality, mm-hmm. but, but you, like, you don't need it to go underwater. Right. Here. And then you have your entry level for your smaller cameras exactly. and everything. And that's it. And then you could have, like, the three types, of the backpack, the, 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 the fanny one. The fanny packs, yeah, you know, the...
1: Uh, I guess uh, in my travels that a fanny pack uh, is the surest way to being identified as not living here. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> by the way, <laughs> you know, just ease out these weird
0: long names because uh, mm-hmm. that's why I have to write them down, and then I remember I I went I was going to go up to uh, Horn Photos. So I called uh, I text my friend up there works for them, Rudy, and I go, "Do you have this?" And I had mid text stop go back to low pros website copy and just
1: paste because
0: the name is so long
1: right and if you get one letter off or one number off you have an entirely different uh bag that it's a hundred dollars difference in price and isn't what you expect so i wish they would do that and and then
0: if i would give any advice to anybody and Be careful, some of these YouTube videos, because this is something I've kind of wanted to bring up for a while. Some of these guys, that get equipment sent to them, which is great, and they could uh, review it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you'll have bag A, or it could be anything, bag B and bag C. They really don't say which one, in their opinion, is the best. Mm -hmm. They'll kind of say, kind of, but this, if you like this? Because I could see because they're being sent this stuff. Right. And you kind of don't, and that's and I I I could see how everything's subjective. But you would say, hey, Tony, which bag do you like the most? I'd just say this one. And why? Because this. Yeah, the All other way. ones, look, but this is what I would pick. And just give you give that honest opinion. And so sometimes you kind of have to watch out because there may be something specific that you want, and maybe they don't review it or they give something else this. Yeah, you know, like oh, this one's okay and this one's okay. They all do the same thing. Yes, they all do, but one particular one is going to do something better. Better, right? And just say it, right? And that's how come I watch him, but I get frustrated. And I find the ones that the guys blog online, Mm -hmm. I I get more information from. Yeah, I'm going to read the old fashioned way, but there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, well, as a blogger, I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) So I think we could uh, wrap it up there well
1: I want to uh, I want to close by talking about the passing of a important person to Nikon's sure. history and uh, you may not realize it but um, there was a, a photographer named David Douglas Duncan who was a a, a life photographer mostly a war correspondent in the 50s and 60s and in the 40s for World War II and and he he was in by many accounts single handedly responsible for making Nikon a household word in the United States by discovering the Nikon lens during his tour in Korea. Uh he carried Leicas and Zeiss lenses and Nikon said, Hey, come to Japan in our factory and we'll give you I'll show you what we're doing. And he went there and looked at the test results and was impressed, put one on his camera and he never turned back. And he became an ambassador, or I guess we would use the word evangelist now, for the Nikon lenses and and made, made them well known in America. He he had a long good life, and he he passed away recently. And uh, I wanted just to say uh, thank you, Mr. Douglas for or Duncan for making us uh, Nikon fans today, and we owe a True. lot to him and and his contribution to the Nikon family. Mr. David Douglas
0: Duncan. Great, great, yeah. Sad to see it's uh, uh, a lot of you know to we'll say passings you know this year you know I like mm. to do one one of these days I want to do a little tribute to our our mutual friend you know uh, oh yeah Mister TMC Terry McGraw but yeah uh,
1: where where can we find you uh, you can find a website www.brightangelimages.com Uh, And you have that uh, Facebook page, Bright Angel Images, uh, and on Facebook and Instagram is uh, Bright Angel Underscore Images. Uh, And that's it. And by the way, uh, how can people that listen to our podcast, how they contact us? Because I'm getting questions sent to me and I want to make sure that we uh, answer their questions. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm going to be
0: working on a Facebook page. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get that up full put before the show ends. I did get criticized. They asked me, Tony, how come you don't allow the comments on your WordPress site? And I said that would be great, and it sometimes works. But I got to the point where I would get literally twenty to fifty spam things mm-hmm. a day that I have to go through that and delete. And it got to the point where it became a a chore. Wow. And so I said, in a perfect world, that'd be great. But I'm going to try to create a Facebook page. It's I'm I'm, I'm just, I'm going to do it. Uh, And uh, I will also link that there just for that and try it, you know, and that'd be a good, like, little forum. All right we're so, looking forward to it so that's what i'm going to do but right now you can still find me at the, the com, where i'll be posting the shows uh instagram tony 64 you could also find me i'll have my facebook link there even though i don't go onto facebook but i will do it for the aperture priority show yeah All right. Right? that's something i've been wanting wanting to do Good. so uh i will I will try to bribe some Facebook friend, you know, it may cost me a few beers or a dinner, and they'll help me (laughs) get it together. But I just kind of want to leave off to uh, open up that aperture and let some creative light in.
1: Aperture Priority is an Avila Studios production. For more information on what Avila Studios has to offer, please visit us on the World Wide Web at avilastudios.com.